0: Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock Podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you to take in the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Praise the Lord by Himself. And when you know He's delivered you. Somebody say, Praise the Lord. That'll remind you He delivered you too. And He saved you too. Amen. He helped you too. And so you give Him praise and honor. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. We've been uh working on love and marriage. Amen. For uh for the month of February, amen. Hallelujah be able any help as we go through this. Praise God. Well, today I want you to get your Bibles out. We're gonna talk about um, we're gonna talk about intimacy in marriage today, and it's only so many things we could cover um, in a general audience. You know, if we ever did uh, if we ever did a. Uh, marriage conference just, you know, for, for married people, you know, then you could approach things a little bit different, amen? But when you're ministering in the general congregation, we want everybody to get something from the service, amen? amen. We want everybody to get something from the service, and it's only so far you want to go in, in a setting for the general congregation, amen? And so um, I want you to take your Bible and go to Ephesians chapter 5 we going to start there um just to just to preface what we want to say today amen and uh cuz when we're talking about love and marriage we want you to understand we're talking about primarily Christ and the church amen, amen. hallelujah you help me, Isaiah. Praise God. I sometimes I feel like I'm in a hole, but we we'll, we'll work on that. Amen. And Look over here in Ephesians. We'll pick up in verse, verse Ephesians 5, verse 31. And um, I want to say this. That if, it's, if it's your desire to be in a relationship, God wants you in a relationship. Yeah. Don't let the devil, if you're single, don't let the devil tell you um, there's something wrong with you, that you're not a whole person right, right. because you're a whole person yeah. in, the, in your nature and in your creation. God didn't give you a half of a body. He didn't give you half of a mind. He didn't give you half of a soul. He didn't give you half of a spirit. He created you in his image and in his likeness. Mm -hmm. Amen. He created man in him, his image and his likeness. And so either you are, you are his image and likeness as man or as woman, Mm -hmm. but no matter, you still a man. You're either man or you're a woman, but you're still a man. And God created man in his image and his likeness. Amen. You're a whole person even though you're single. You know, if somebody says, I don't know, I don't like the word single. I don't remember what they said. I don't like the word single. I don't like the word whatever it was. What is it? Alone. No. uh, Anyway, single and unmarried, that's what they said. Single and unmarried means the same thing. You know, praise God. And there's nothing wrong with either state. Yeah, right.
1: Right.
0: When God said he didn't want man to be alone, he gives us in the word of God ways to resolve that. Yeah. It doesn't mean I have to be in a marriage yeah. because Jesus was never married. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. He was never married in the earth, but he was never alone. Yeah. All right. And the disciples came to him and said, are you by yourself? He said, no. No father's never left me. He's right here with me. Amen. Amen. He's right here with me. And so uh, one of the things that single people have to learn is fellowship. Amen. It's just as powerful as a relationship. Because fellowship is a relationship when you're having a fellowship with somebody. When I was single and saved, amen, God taught me the power of fellowship. You don't have to be intimate with somebody when you're single to attain to wholeness. When God says, I don't want you alone, he means I don't want you without fellowship. And I don't want you without companionship. You, when you're single, you just need somebody that can go to, the, you know, go to, go to movies with you, go, to, you know, go shopping with, things like that. That's all you need in your life at that point when you're single. You don't need a person to be intimate with, because that's going to create a whole lot of problems yeah, yeah. in your life that you don't want to enter into. For, amen. And the Bible tells us about that. So when we get in this, when we're talking about intimacy in marriage, uh, single people have to understand that fellowship is what I need instead of a relationship. Yeah. And I, and I know that because I lived that, my, that, that way myself. You don't want to be intimate with a person unless you know that person is right for your life. Yeah. And we talked about some of those things. Because you can, I'm just going I'm I'm to say, you can be intimate with anybody, but you can't be married to anybody.
1: Right. Right.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. Amen. You can be intimate with anybody, but you can't be married to anybody. Right. Right. Because... Being intimate with somebody is for a moment. Being married to somebody is for a life. And so the Bible said, how can two walk together unless they agree? Amen. And so I need somebody that I can live in agreement with because agreement produces longevity. Intimacy, just being intimate with somebody, that doesn't have to last. That doesn't have to last But being married to somebody, you want it to last. Amen. Am I making any sense to you right now? You know, you can't do something right with the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Marriage is right, but if you try to do it with the wrong person, you're going to have trouble. Amen. Amen. And the reason why we're spending time teaching on these subjects like this is because... We want you to help you understand what the Bible says. I'm not pe- preaching my opinion. I'm telling you what God said. Amen. 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 Because, because He is the key, is the author of life. He knows how it works. And if you want it to work, for, if you want life to work for you, you have to follow God's word. Yeah. You have to put His word first place in your life. Amen. And you cannot break rules. I always preach this. You can't do it wrong and get it right. If you're doing wrong, it's going to stay wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna, it's going to ride out wrong. Yeah. Amen. You can't go in the wrong direction and all up end up in the right place. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Amen. So, so trust God and follow his instruction. Caleb got up and ministered. He said, we have pre, we've been predestined. Yeah, that's right. that's God done already figured it out for you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And if you stay on his plan that he predestined for you, then you're going to walk out what you have for you. Yeah. He, he has for you. Yeah. That's right. Adam didn't have to worry about a mate because God already predestined Amen. one for him. He just walked into it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. God brought him into it. He didn't have to struggle to get in it. Yeah. Come on now. He didn't have to struggle to get in it. He didn't, have to, he didn't have to strive in the flesh to get in it. He didn't have to come in and fix himself up a, a certain way to get in it. God already had it planned for him. I am. I am. And when you're single, you need to understand God already got your mate planned for you. Yeah. He's the same yesterday, yeah. today, and forever. He don't plan on bringing you into a relationship any different than he brought Adam into it. He, f- he made somebody ready for him. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. He made somebody ready for him, and that's where your faith needs to be so you don't go out and try to do something in the flesh. Yes. Amen. Come on now. Amen. That you don't go out and try to do something in the flesh and end up with a mess. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. But primarily when God's talking, when we, when we are, if we want to discover the revelation behind marriage, also we're discovering the revelation of Jesus Christ and his church. So when we get in the Bible today and, and I get in the Song of Solomon and, it, and, and I'll go as far as I can in that, and it starts talking about this relationship, you need to be thinking about Jesus and my relationship with him. Amen. How intimate am I with him? Come on now, because they said this. You know, I heard somebody say this: if you if you want to see the uh, the quality of a relationship a man has with a woman, watch the quality of relationship he has with God. The quality of relationship he has with God will be the quality of relationship he'll have with his wife. Yeah, that's right. And vice versa too. Amen. If, his, if the quality is not there with God, then where is he going to get the quality to be that with a woman? Amen. 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 Look what he says right here in uh, Ephesians chapter 35, Ephesians 531. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. Amen. Notice he's joined to his wife or he's cleaving to his wife, or he's going in the same direction that God has given him with his wife. Or we can say he's becoming one flesh with his wife. Amen. 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 Physical intimacy is based on a a building of oneness with the person where it leads to physical intimacy. Amen. Amen. You don't put it up front. Come on now, let me in, let me help you. You don't put it up front. You put it up front. You've missed the whole, the whole uh process of growing together. Mm-hmm. You missed the whole process of growing together. You missed the whole process of fellowshipping and communing together. Mm-hmm. You missed the whole process of building compatibility with one another. Yeah. Yeah. And you and, and made a leapfrog mm-hmm. into the climax or the culmination of the relationship or the consummation of the relationship. I'm going to be intimate with you because I know I can be one flesh with you. (laughs) I'm going to be intimate with you because I know we can function in areas of agreement together. (laughs) I don't want to be intimate and find out we don't like each other. Amen. And, And later on find out, you know, we have different goals, we have different dreams, we have different directions in life. Because now you're going to spend more time fighting. You're going to end up spending more time fighting. And and when you spend more time fighting, you destroy the intimacy. You end up destroying the intimacy. And then you end up going away from one another. Walls come up. And then all of a sudden the intimacy is gone. What you thought was, was, was the goal to the relationship, it's gone. And if that's all it is, then there's no reason for us to be together again. And so we end up going from one person to the next person to because we're not doing it God's way. The, the objective is, is can I walk in the same road with you? Not can I get just in the same bed with you? Because you're gonna do more walking than you do bedding. Can I get a witness? amen praise God and so if you can't walk together right. you're going to end up having a lifestyle of beds with people yeah. because you're not learning to discover who you are yeah. amen this is why fellowship is so important because if I can't fellowship with you then I'm going to have a problem having longevity intimacy with you yeah. Yeah. amen so God wants to make sure can I, you need to make sure you can be one flesh with a person before you are intimate with a person. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You want to make sure that the goals that this person has and, and, the, and, the, and for a New Testament believer is, I need to make sure you love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I want to make sure you're in love with him yeah. Yeah. because then that, that gives me insurance that you're going to be able to love me, forgive me, amen, yeah. understand me, communicate with me, praise God, because you're doing it with him. So this is what he's saying right here, and then he says right here, and um, and the two shall be one flesh, or become one flesh. So two, the objective is two becoming one. Sexual intimacy is the fulfillment that two have become one. If I do it the right way, come on now. If I do it the right way, if I put, if I put growing together, if I put fellowshipping together, if I put communicating together and walking together with before I go into sexual intimacy, then, then I can become one flesh with that person. Then the oneness is established. And then we don't have to worry about going different ways because I come to understand you. If I can sit down and commune with you and spend time with you and understand who you are as a person. Amen. Because I don't, want, I don't want to get to a place where all of a sudden I'm in a relationship with a person and then I cannot minister to the needs that they have. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I'm going to go ahead and touch on that because uh, I, I brought this piece of paper with me this, this morning because Pastor Cynthia um, got on the website here as we start going through this. I think Miss Agnes gave her this and uh, it's called Love Languages love languages. And love languages is in the Bible. It's in, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. It says your body don't belong to you and when you're married and your wife's body doesn't belong to her, it belongs to the husband. And the husband's body belongs to the wife. But it's not just talking about sexual intimacy. It's talking about the needs that that person has throughout the day. Am I capable of ministering to that? Because if I'm not ministering to that, then it's going to be very difficult because if I'm not having oneness throughout the day, how are we going to have oneness at night? Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. I'm helping you right now. Amen. And so she, you know, I think Miss Agnes, you, you found that website. It's a, book. it's a book, but it's got the website in it. But I want everybody in our church to get that website. I want Keisha, make sure Keisha sends that. Text that website to everybody so you know what your own love language is. Yeah. At least you know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And what a person is gonna have to do to satisfy you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Do like Pastor Cynthia, she threw me this piece of paper. After 35 years of marriage, she threw it to me. Praise <laughs> God. She pitched it to me. You still got mine? I just wanna know if you got my paper. I got yours. Amen. Don't be a person that wants, you want them to have your paper. But they don't have yours. It's not right. Praise God. You know what? Well, you need to understand what God's love language is. He has one too. He knows when you love him and when you don't. Amen. Love languages is in the Bible. God knows when you love him because you get in the word and you find out what God's love language is. Amen, he does have a love language. He knows when you love him and he knows when you don't. God says, if you love me, keep my my commandment. If you love me, my love language is the word. My love language is faith. My love language is obedience. Amen, praise God. If you want to have a a romantic love language and a love life with God, then you're going to be a person of faith, you're going to be a person of honor toward God, you're going to be a person of obedience. Because it's hard having a relationship with somebody if you don't understand their love language. It's very difficult to be one flesh with a person if you don't understand their love language. It's very difficult to be one spirit with God if you don't understand his. Because God is a spirit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Amen. Amen. And intimacy on the highest level is spiritual intimacy first. And God wants his church to have spiritual intimacy with him. Therefore, when he's talking about the marriage relationship, he said, I'm really talking to you about Christ yeah. and the church. Yeah. He is the real love of your soul. Yeah. He is your real supplier, your real need meter. Amen. Amen. Your real provider. He yeah. is. His name is Jesus. Yeah. He knows exactly what you need. He already knows your love language. Thank you, Lord. And he ministers to us all the time. Amen? Amen. So he says right here in Ephesians, He said, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He said, nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself and the wife that she reverence her husband. Amen. And I want to say this right now. A woman cannot be a husband. I ain't got number two amens. Yeah. <laughs> does somebody differ? Mm-hmm. A wife cannot be a husband. Right. Right. A female with a short haircut doesn't make you a husband. Right. Yeah. With a football jersey on and sagging jeans does not make you a husband. Yeah. Amen. I am. <laughs> In our, in our generation, you've got to say this. Amen. In the church today, you have to say this. You really do. Just because you go to the doctor and get some alterations done to your body does not make you a man. Amen. The Bible said God formed the man's body. He formed it from the dust of the ground. And getting some sold on or however they do it, or whatever and I'm saying it up in here because I'm having a real church yeah. I ain't trying to play with nobody go down to the play with a church yeah. Yeah. where everything goes because I, I don't I don't I don't want that kind of zoo yeah. amen because Jesus Jesus come on now oh. Jesus wants a church that understands his love language yeah. and his love language is the word. Yeah. And if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and you will do it the way I said to do it, not the way the world's doing it out there. I'm not trying to do it like that. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm I'm being gospel correct. Amen. Amen. I'm beginning in the word. In the beginning was the word. Come on now. And the word made everything. And whatever the word didn't make, we don't want it. Amen. And the word didn't make that kind of situation. Amen. Amen. When you're a man, you're a man. You, a man cannot be a wife. Because a wife is a womb person. Now, I don't care how much they cut on you. Know, you can't put no womb in you and produce nothing. Now I don't care how much cutting you do, you cannot put a womb. And I don't care how much cutting you can do, you cannot put seed in a woman. That's right. Just think about it for a minute. <laughs> you cannot put God-given sexual organs in a, man, in a woman that belong to a man. You cannot do it. I don't care how much science you get. I don't care what you get, science for today, science for tomorrow, science forever. You cannot do it. It's, God's got it set up like he wants it. Yeah. And, and, and the enemy's job is to bring perversion in. Yeah. That's his job is to bring perversion in. And his job is to flip everything that God set up. His job is to be diametrically opposed to everything God set up. That he is going to be the opposite. Jesus comes that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. And he comes to destroy and what happens when a person does that, the enemy has come in and stolen their identity and th- their identity that God gave them some kind of way he's got in and stolen it. And normally he does it when they're a child. He attacks them when they're vulnerable. He's attacks when they're he attacks them when they're uncovered. He attacks them when they're unprotected. He attacks them when they have not been properly instructed. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You don't get no grown man. Flipping like that. Yeah. What are you laughing about, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> you don't get, you don't do that. Right, right. No, that happens when somebody's a child. Yeah. They're unprotected, you shouldn't let them go over cousin whoever's house. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You shouldn't let them spend the night down the street. You do not know those people, and I'm preaching real good yes. right now. Yes. Yes. Amen. You gotta watch where you send small children.
1: Yes.
0: And you got to watch the coaches and everything now. You got to watch all kind of things right now because when because the the Bible said, you know why the Bible said the kingdom is the kingdom of God is like a child because they're so moldable. You got to come to you got to come in the kingdom like a child because God wants you to receive His word. He don't want you fighting with His word. He wants you to receive it a child, will not fight. They'll receive what's been imparted to them. Amen. And this is good preaching, whether you're saying amen or not. Amen. Amen. You are not supposed to be touched until, until your wedding night. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Because have you touched, you'll have a tendency to follow that the rest of your life, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching real good right amen. now. Because God puts more more guardianship and he puts more protection around sexual intimacy in the Bible as as much as any other subject. You go to the book of you go to the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he says, I don't want anybody touching you. You go to the book of Acts, I don't want anybody touching you. Yeah. You go to the book of Romans, I don't want anybody touching you. Yeah. You go to first and Corinthians, first and second Corinthians, I don't want anybody touching you. Yeah. You go to Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, I don't want anybody touching you. Yeah. You go to first and second Timothy, I don't want anybody touching you. Yeah. You go to Titus, I don't want anybody yeah. touching you. Yeah. You go to the book of Revelation, you better not be touching anybody. Why because it's a demonstration of worship It's a demonstration of worship. And God wants you for himself. God don't want any demonic spirit touching you. He don't want any kind of spirit. God is a spirit. Therefore, he don't want any other spirit involved in your life. And it's all kind of spirits out there. The spirit of infirmity, the spirit of lying, amen, the spirit of hypocrisy, the spirit of adultery, the spirit of fornication, the spirit of uncleanness. there's a whole lot of demons out there. And God does not want demons in his church. Amen. That's why he says, I'm going to give the word to sanctify you. Because a lot of times we come to this church and of the the living God and things have happened to us that should not have happened to us. But he says, I'm going to wash you with the water of the word. You didn't have nobody to protect you then. But behold, I have become your protector. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to purge you. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to deliver you. So you can be my church without spot or wrinkle. That you can be my glorified church. Amen. And you can become mine, just mine, myself. And I'm going to give you my power. I'm going to give you my name. I'm going to give you my glory. I'm going to give you my seat in heaven. I'm going to give you everything that belongs to me. You become an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And sometimes you've got to go through some deliverance to get free again. But he's a mighty deliverer. So if you sit in this church and nobody's touched you, stay untouched. If you're single, stay, stay single, stay untouched, because God's predestined a real relationship for you. He's preparing somebody for you, just like he prepared, had a preparation plan for Adam. He's got somebody planned for you. If you made a mistake, then get under the blood like I did. Let God cleanse your mind. Let Him cleanse your body. Amen. Let him do a work on you yeah. so you can get back on the right track again, yes. and get your mind saved and get your get your soul delivered. Yeah. I wish there was I wish there were real churches like this when I was coming up. Yeah said a bunch of old game playing, and my God, I could get attitude right now. Yeah, yeah, right. Bunch of game playing. The Bible said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, which means you can be God's people, and people don't tell you the truth, and you can sit in the church and be and be perishing while you sit sitting in the church, because somebody didn't preach the gospel to you right, trying to have the sermon of the year. No, you need to get delivered this year. Yeah. And open the Bible and read it to the church and preach it to it, so God can have a real church. Yeah. If the word ain't coming forward, we, we, got, we got to have a real church. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. God, Jesus wants to pour out everything on the church. All of his anointing, all of his ability, but he won't pour it out on the church if it's touching somebody else. Yeah, ain't no man going to be pouring something out on the wife that's touching somebody else. Yeah, yeah. If you do, you stupid. Yeah, right. yeah, you never going to get any respect. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. That's good. When you get married, you off the market. Yeah. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. You could have been with more than one person because normally a person's compatibility requirements can be met by more than one person. Yeah, that's, that's why you can meet somebody else in life and you think that could have been a nice person too, but you off the market. Yeah. <laughs> Say amen to that. Amen. You made a decision. Yeah. You made a covenant. You could have loved anybody you wanted to, but baby, you off the market now, yeah. and you are to hold fast to your covenant. Yeah. You ought to spend your time loving this person. Yeah. That's what makes marriage so great. You chose to put all your love on one person. Yeah. You could have loved anybody. Yeah. They don't even have to deserve it, but you chose to put it on it. Yeah. That's what Minister Caleb was saying this morning. Jesus chose to love us. Amen. Even when we weren't doing our best, he chose to love us. Amen. Come on now. He chose to purge us and cleanse us and love us. And when you get married, you make a decision that I can love this person for the rest of my life. Amen. And listen, it takes a lifetime to love one. Anybody can jump from bed to bed to bed. Amen. But it takes a lifetime to love a person. Amen. It takes a lifetime to discover who they are and to love them. And don't you say yourself, George, you make sure somebody's going to love you for the rest of your life. You make sure they got a commitment to you. You're not going to do everything right, but that don't mean you're supposed to be thrown away. You may burn some toast. (laughs) You may not clean like they clean, but that don't mean you ought to be tossed away. You can learn how to make toast. You can learn how to clean a room. Say amen to that. And while I'm on it, don't be comparing your mate to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And you go visit their house just to compare your mate to somebody. You see why Johnny did that? Well, I'm not Johnny.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and if you need that in your life, you need to talk about it. Not make a comparison. Yeah. One of things about the Song of Solomon is that you never put the other person down. Yeah. Yeah hope i can get to that you never use your words to put you always use your words to build them and if you want that you better tell them they're good at it praise god and if they're not and if you can't see it in the natural then you need to praise their potential sometimes you got to praise potential Come on now. Sometimes you have, to, because you, if that you need that in life, you better praise the potential in that person, and bring that. You're gonna have to cultivate that, Adam. That's why God said, "I'm gonna wash you in the washing of the water of the word." I am bringing out your potential. I am cultivating you. Yes. Come on now. Johnny may have not been that either. He got it cultivated in him. Johnny may have been the worst at it, but she cultivated him. Yes, you can, honey. You all that in a bag of chips. Yes. See, some people don't want to cultivate nothing. (laughs) They want it all (laughs) ready. Come on now. Words are cultivators. And whatever you want to see, you got to sow. you got to sow the words to bring that to pass. Amen. 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 Turn over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let me take a look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Amen. Why am I spending this and not jumping right in the song of song? Because to be intimate with a person, you got to become one with the person first. You got to become one with the person first. You can sleep with anybody, but you can't be married to anybody. Amen. Amen. Look what this says right here. First Corinthians chapter seven. In verse 1, now concerning the things whereof I wrote, you wrote unto me, it "Is not good for a man, it is good for a man not, somebody say not, not. to touch a woman with sexual intent. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says you can greet one another with a, with, well, we ain't got the holy kissing around here yet. It did say holy kiss, but I have not, we're not ready for the holy kissing church. Sometimes you just ain't ready for it, but it's in the Bible. praise the Lord amen church ain't ready for that I'm just telling you because somebody be kissing for the wrong reason you just write it down and it'll be in my office Pastor Rogan if you touch my wife one more time you're going to have a funeral at your church so we don't do holy kissing We ain't ready for it. Amen. Say amen to that. You know we're not. You know we're not. (sighs) Moving right along. It's not good for a man to touch a woman because it's really, the context is sexual purity. God does not want you sexually involved until you're married. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You made a mistake. You need to repent. I missed it, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And move on. Put it behind you. And live right in the days coming on. Why? Because one of the reasons why I say this if God's preparing your mate for you and you're with somebody else, that's going to create a problem. You throw the whole plan off when you do that. You throw the whole plan off when you do that. Because once, you're not ministering the love language to God that you trust Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You tell Him right up front, I don't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you, say. Going, you. You want me to go through this whole planet being a eunuch. That's one that, that's anointed to be single. Yeah. Like Apostle Paul, he was never married. He just loved the church, he loved the Lord, and he loved the church, and that's, that's a calling. That's a predestined purpose. You just can't say that. That has to be a calling that God puts on your life. And I've been pastoring 22 years, and I've never had a eunuch the whole time. So most people want to be in a relationship. Amen. And God has a plan for that for your life. Say amen to that. He says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication, to avoid fornication, and fornication will include, include sex before marriage, but it will also include pornography. That's where we get our word pornea from. God does not want you involved in any form of pornography. Amen. 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 Because it's getting your soul involved with someone that's not your mate. Yeah. And it's ca- it can ca- cause comparisons and things that you should not be in. Amen. God wants you to discover one another without outward interference in your mind. Say amen to that. I just read it to you in the Bible. That's why people like preaching. You ain't got to have a Bible to preach. Uh Won't he do it? Shut up. Gave us all these books and all this hollering and stuff like this. And this is why you have so much sexual impurity in the church. Yeah, that's right. Because people will not take time to teach the word. The greatest time I had in my single life was following God's plan. I know how to be single and be a sinner, and I know how to be single and be saved. Being single and being saved and having an understanding, fellowship fulfills that need to being around another person versus a relationship. God knows what he's doing. Amen. 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 Praise God. You, if you do it God's way, you're not gonna be depressed. Amen. You're not gonna end up depressed, suicidal, sexually misorientated, comparing your mate to your past, if you do it his way. Yeah. It's, gonna, it's gonna erase a whole lot of problems. That you don't have to deal with Amen. Amen. breaking up and somebody going on with somebody else. And now you want to be suicidal? I've seen it. In, I've seen it as a pastor in church. I've known young girls to hang themselves mm-hmm. and try to take pills to kill themselves yeah. because the person played with their emotions. Young men, the same thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Why? Because it's. It's the practice of relationships so deep. When someone separates from you, that's why Jesus has to heal the brokenhearted.
1: Yeah. 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 That's right. that's good.
0: Because that act didn't belong with that person. Yeah. You're giving them a, a part of you that you can't get back, mm-hmm. and they're willing to run off with it. Mm-hmm. God puts these things in here for protecting you. Amen. Amen. Amen it's for your protection. He gave you <clears throat> sexual organs because he wants that to be a part of your life, but he wants to do it in his time. Yeah. He doesn't want you to have perversion in your life. Yeah. And it's one of, and for Jesus to have to have Apostle Paul write all the churches, you gotta know that mankind is under attack when it comes to sexual yeah. Yeah. immorality the way the woman is portrayed and misused mm-hmm. by the world and men in the world, the devil is completely behind it mm-hmm. yeah. because he wants us. He knows if we can't get this area right, mm-hmm. we cannot receive our inheritance. Wow. That's good. Yeah. He knows we can't. He knows we can't function with God. He knows we can't. And what happens is, like I said, at a young age, the enemy will try to attack you. And one of the things that happens in the breakup of a family, a father's not there. Yeah. If he's not there to teach the children, yeah. Yeah. and the mother's not there to teach the children proper sexual orientation, and the church is not there, the, the youth are going to make mistakes. And we've seen that in the body of Christ growing up. I just don't want it to happen in this church. Right. In this church, if somebody does it, it's because they chose to. Yeah. Decided, they decided not to listen yeah. to the instructions they were given.
1: Yeah.
0: And they'll find out, in the long run, I'm telling them, really in the short run, I'm telling you the truth, yeah. where the Word of God is. Yeah. And I want to be a good pastor to you, and I want to teach you so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. God wants you to have your mate. Look at what he says right here. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his what? His own wife. He should have his own wife. Amen. His own wife. Yeah. That's his wife. Yeah. Amen. And people should respect that. Yeah. People don't respect that in our society today. You be walking on with a ring on, they still hitting on you.
1: Yeah. Because yeah.
0: people are so dishonorable and they're so disrespectful. Yeah. But it's your job to honor your union. It's your job to honor your covenant. When somebody does that to you, you need to stop and preach to them. Amen. Help them. Uh And let every woman have her own husband. Uh Amen. So God's will is let what? How many men? Unless it's got that unit call on it. Let every man have what? And let what? So that scripture right there, promised you, God got your mate. Amen. So ain't no need of being hungry and salivating all over the community. <laughs> There's no need of doing that. You need to go read this scripture right here that if I'm a man, then he prepares somebody yeah. for me. Yeah. And I don't have to be running out and chasing everything like that. Amen. And if you need fellowship, just have a good friend. Yeah. Just have a good friend you can go to movies with. Have a friend you can do things with. Yeah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Don't open up that part of your life until your wedding night. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. And if you're a man, you're a man. All you got to do is go to the mirror and look. (laughs) If you're a woman, you're a woman. All you got to do is go to the mirror and look. Amen. Look before surgery. (laughs) Cause the enemy can attack people's mind. Yeah. He attack people, he just attacks a little boy's mind, nobody there to teach him. And he's not physically built like other boys are. Everybody not gonna be playing basketball right. Right. and leaping tall buildings with a single bound. Everybody, <laughs> you can't do it your whole life anyway. Before most of them are 20 or 30 years old, they doing something else with their life. Yeah. And it's over with. Being an athlete don't make you a man. That's obvious anyway. Cause a lot of, cause some of them don't touch some of them. Yeah. Got great big old muscles, and but been touched the wrong way. Right, right, right. Amen. And I'm telling you right now, you got small children. Don't let them spend the night over anybody's house that you not, that you really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to find out what they're doing at their house. I need to know all the activities that are going on at your house. And who else is going to be over there? And don't pull up and drop off and just pull off. Walk through there. See who's in there. And I don't care if they go to this church or not go to this church. I ain't been to everybody's house. You better ask if you don't know. They say you better ask somebody. Because one wrong night can be a problem for a long time. Say amen to that. Amen. Trying to help you right now. Look what it says right here. And let the husband ren- render unto the wife due benevolence. And a lot of people think, well, that's sex. Well, it can be inclusive, but it's, but it's not totally. It's not total because due benevolence can be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Right. Due benevolence is where we can, we can enter that person's love language. And, um, and likewise, also the wife unto the husband. The wife have not power over her own body, but the husband. And likewise, the husband have not power over his own body, but the wife. Now, we saw this, and then it goes on to say, don't defraud one another. Don't rob per- a person, we can say, of their love language. Amen. Now, one way this happened in the, in the, in the spirit realm, uh, Paul and Sherry Jensen in our church, at Church on the Rock in New Albany, she got diagnosed with cancer. And he read this body, he read this scripture, and he said, I have authority over my wife's body. Cancer don't have authority over my wife's body. I do.
1: It
0: means authority over her body. That means sickness and disease does not have a right to attack my mate's body. I got something to say about that. God gave me authority over this body not sickness and disease, and therefore a person can lay hands on that mate's body. Mm -hmm. That's why God wants you to have your own husband or your own wife because then you have authority over that body. If you're just sleeping around you ain't got authority over nothing. Say amen to that. You see what I'm saying right there? Praise God. God gives me fit. He gives me, he gives me intimacy with my mate, and he also gives me authority over I'm, 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 I'm intimate with what I can protect. That's good. That's good. And I'm intimate with what can protect me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Thank you,
0: Lord. And so he went in there and he cursed cancer and he commanded to get off his mate's body and it got off. Thank you, Lord because he used that scripture right there. God got this thing set up right. It's power in the unity. Yeah. And he says, he said what God put together, let no man put asunder, let nothing put asunder, really nothing can put it asunder, not sickness and disease or anything. And that's why when, I'm, when I marry people, I don't use to sickness and in health. For what? It's not a part of our covenant. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Come on now, in sickness and in health and poverty. Why are you speaking that into your marriage union? God's not promised you any kind of thing like it. And the union is not between somebody else's experience and what happened in some marriages in the past. The union is between you and God and your mate. Amen. Amen. And God has has authority. He wants to bring to it and a word and promises he brings to it. And we just want to use his promises. Yes. Yes, amen you don't have to depart you don't have to experience poverty you don't have to experience sickness and disease if you do it God's way amen, That's right. amen. amen. and so in these things are love languages I've called them do benevolence is love language so Cynthia pitched me hers she got on the computer and did her love languages and pitched it to me and when we talk about love language, these are the things this is do benevolence yeah. this is what this person needs mm-hmm. in order to be intimate with you. Amen. Amen. You just can't be a person that's just going to the bedroom. That's all you're gonna do. You're gonna be in trouble down the road somewhere. Amen. Now, I had a sheet too. Did you have mine? You still got mine? She said, yes, I'm gonna believe that. Now listen to this. This is this is what she said. And this is what she gave me, and it's five areas. It's it's um, it's uh, quality time, word affirmation. Word affirmation is very strong in the Song of Solomon. Receiving gifts, uh, physical touch, and and acts of service. And at her top of her list is acts of service. She likes to see people working.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: She likes to keep you working. She likes to see a brother working around her. That just, that just gets her going. <laughs> you would have thought it'd been gifts and all that. Next is the physical touch and then the gifts and then word affirmation and quality time. Quality time was at the end of her list. Guess was at the top of my list? Quality time get in here. You <laughs> know? No, I, I, I like her to go places with me. Yeah. Yeah. I like her to go places with me. Candace had to be picked up from the airport last night at 1130, Come back from Cayman Islands. Yeah. I don't know who sent her down there. It wasn't me. <laughs> but anyway, um, she had to be picked up from, uh, the, Candace had to be picked up from the airport last night. And so um, I had to go get her. So before I went to get her, 11.30, Cynthia was all rolled over in bed, I said, why don't you go with me? <laughs> I tried to do everything to get out of that bed. But see, she'd already been to call me five hours, all the way coming from, almost from Indianapolis, because we was at Dr. Jacobs meeting, and, and then we had lunch, we had breakfast with him, and we didn't get, past, we didn't get out of breakfast till about 12 o'clock, because they wanted to talk with us. And so she'd been with me through the whole breakfast, and then me five hours in the car, and then she went out to run some errands and came back. She got in bed and go to sleep, because she was tired. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it was 11.30, we had to be at the airport. I didn't care. I said, come on, ride with her brother. Come on, get in the car and go with me. I offered her everything. I offered her taking a Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I did everything I could to get her to go with me, but she was just physically too tired to go. So, uh, so I had to go by myself. But my thing is quality time together, because I, when I get ready to go somewhere, I don't want to be in the car by myself. So I said, come on, let's go. She has to understand that. Now, she got off last night. Especially I got to the airport and found out Diamond was there to pick her up. <laughs> I'm at the airport. I said, I'm here to get your cans. No diamonds
1: here.
0: I said, "Everybody fired.
1: <laughs>
0: Everybody, poor communication. Everybody's fired up in here. But anyway, anyway, hers is, hers is you know, um, it says a uh, person has got this acts of service person wants acts of service, that's happened to me. Uh, can vacuum the floor readily? <laughs> can be an expression of love, just running a vacuum.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, so I didn't know that was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get into that, yeah, I just said she printed it out. So the other day I mopped every floor in the house. <laughs> she come in, did you put pine salt on it too? Why are you worried about pine salt? Because that's, that's, that's what moves her. <laughs> Smelling pine salt in the house. And all kinds of stuff like that. Well, that's, that's ministering to a person's due benevolence. Yeah. And you need to know that's what motivates that person. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And uh, you need to get on that website. Whether you single or you're married, you need to do that. You need to do that. So when you sit down, talk to the person. You ask "You like to clean? Yeah. <laughs> do you? Do you like cleaning?" Right. Yeah. Amen. Because if they're not a tidy person, oh, man. and they got all this curly hair right now but they can't minister to your love language, right. you got to ask this question. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is this something going to be easy for you to change? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be an easy change for you? See, that's an easy change for me because I'm the best clean in my whole house. Mm-hmm. I just don't have time to do it like I used to. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. And it's been, it was a problem for us mm-hmm. because I, I worked outside the home and most of our marriage, she stayed at home. So when I came home from work, I've been at work all day. Mm -hmm. Guess what her love language is? I ain't running no vacuum cleaner. (laughs) I thought, that's what a housewife does. You said, you want to be a housewife? (laughs) Go house it, wife. But see, I didn't understand. See, there's a lot of things we don't understand. Sometimes you gotta walk in another person's shoes to understand their life. See, when you have four children at home, that's what we had. Four children at home, just taking care of the four children is a job by itself. In my mind, I was thinking, get it all done, you got eight hours. (laughs) So we had some love language problems <laughs> coming up. Because yeah, yeah. it's some stuff that you just don't understand. Then when I started having grandchildren, they was there with me all day. And I had to do breakfast and lunch and dinner with all them. I said, Lord Jesus, I put all that on up? Because you don't have time to do a lot of that stuff. You, you know, you got laundry and dishes and diapers and milk and feeding. And I found out, being a housewife, yeah required more hours than going to your job being an engineer. Amen. And then you got little people that you know, touching, he's touching me and all this kind of stuff, you got to deal with it in that like that, and that's mine and I want it and all this kind of, and all this refereeing you do all day, I was never there to see it. I was always gone. I was at the church, I was at work and stuff like that. And she was trying to explain it to me. I just said, no, if you just work a little bit harder. <laughs> and get some of this done. You're taking too many breaks during the day. That's your problem. Amen. What you need is a supervisor. You need a supervisor. Amen. I felt like that song. I need a man to stay at home and a man to go to work. Amen. Anyway, you got to work all these things out. Because then, when it comes to your love language and spending time together, they haven't got their due benevolence. So now you got issues. You got issues. If you do not minister to another person's due benevolence, you're asking for trouble in your marriage. Because you're going to be wanting what belongs to you. Now, in, uh, in... What's his name, Evans, Jimmy Evans book, Marriage on the Rocks? This is Church on the Rock. On Marriage on the Rocks, he said that um, the husband has four basic needs. And you can take these and write these down and then still do this. I'm gonna have Keisha put this out so everybody can do this test so you can find out what it is. Because you won't be able to live with a person if you don't minister to their due benevolence, these are things that's got to be do this person in order to understand who you just married. Yeah. And sometimes people can't articulate because if you'd have asked me, you've asked me that when I did it, spending time with me was the most important to me. Now, why is that? Because I'm always out ministering to other people and I'm always out doing other things and working and things like that. So, so my time with her was very important when I got home. When things in church like that, and that that was just me. Amen. So it just the difference for whoever the person is. So, um, but Jimmy Evans said this: the number one, the top four needs generally in a man's life, he has to be respected. You cannot disrespect a man and expect him to function. And when you look at the Song of Solomon, we get we get a chance to go in there. there's eight chapters you need to go home and read it and read it in the English easy English version if we don't get a chance to get into it today Um, because one of the things they did in that they protected their intimacy because of words and they had problems but they learned how to fix their problems you're gonna have problems but you got to learn how to fix it you have to learn how to bring restoration to the relationship, and and I'll try to look at that just next. But um, Song of Solomon 2.15 says, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It'll be little things that happen over and over again with failure to meet a person's due benevolence and being critical about it. And if it happens over and over again, Solomon said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's accumulation of little things over and over and over again, not ministering that person, taking their due benevolence for granted and not focusing on that. And if you don't focus on it, you're going to have trouble having a relationship with that person. You're going to struggle in fellowship. You're going to struggle in uh, in companionship. And you're asking the person just to put up with you not ministering to them. It's unfair. And it's going to create gaps. It's going to create separation. And it can even create walls in the relationship. But Jimmy ever said, a man needs to be honored, needs to be respected. The Bible said, let your words always be seasoned with grace. That's husband and wife. You should learn how to speak. Because they thought I was going to be mad when I got home last night. Because I had to go all the way. I got up out of bed, go all the way to that. Got up out of dead sleep to go all the way to the airport at 1130. She had no business in the Cayman Islands anyway. So, Pastor Cynthia said, you did good last night. Candace was ready for me to get on her too. She said, uh, hello, Daddy. I just thank God for the Holy Ghost. It helps you to be quiet when you need to be quiet. Amen. But, A man has to be honored, he needs sexual fulfillment, that's number two. Number three is he needs an orderly home and recreation, some recreation. May not be you as a man, but generally speaking, that's the top four for men. He needs to be respected, needs sexual fulfillment, needs uh, an orderly home, Amen, and he may have to help with that orderly home, but he needs it. An orderly home, and then he needs, uh, and he needs uh, recreation. Some men, you know, they just have different things. Men, you know, or who's that? Uh, jo- John Osteen, Joel Osteen's father. He said, men, you know what men are? Little bitty boys in a great big body. They still like to play, and so they need recreation. They just need recreation. That's the four things they need. Maybe need to get outside, do some things like that. Joyce Miles used to say, how many of y'all know who Joyce Miles is? She would try to stop, she always gives her testimony, trying to stop Dave from playing golf. (laughs) She would just go into tirades because, you know, he'd almost have to sneak out of the house to play golf. And he got to the place where I'm not sneaking out. This is something that, you know, and he supports her. Man, he supports her. He goes all over the world with her in ministry. He's always there supporting her and standing by her. And when it came for him taking time out, to play golf, she fought him. I mean, she fought, and finally God had to tell her, leave him alone. Mm -hmm. He supports you in every arena of life, and you can't be so controlling at this point in this life. He needs this time just to be him and let him go and do that, he'll be back home. Amen. 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 Now for a woman, top need of the woman life is affection. (laughs) She has to know you appreciate her. Amen, you'll see this all through Song of Song. She has to know that you appreciate her and that you show her affection. That she values, there has to be honor shown, that she's valued, that she's appreciated, and she has to be shown affection. It's very important that you do that. Amen. Okay. And number two, another one is financial security. You want to get a woman upset? Mm -hmm. Tell her the money's short. (laughs) Tell her she can't can't even go out and buy a mop. Mm -hmm. I remember Pastor Jacobs was talking to us one time, Pastor Cynthia told him, he won't even let me go out and buy a mop. (laughs) And of course, I didn't feel like that was true, but she told him that. And I didn't look very good in that castle. I said, said, oh, she's just putting on Anyway, they need, they need a financial security. Amen. And then they need help around the house. It's one of the things I had I have to learn, I had to learn, help around the house, because I thought a housewife ought to get it done. My grandmama did. <laughs> I said, my grandmama, I don't remember my granddaddy coming in helping out with no vacuuming. Now, what's your problem? I remember my grandmom rolling out the biscuits, cooking the bacon, the sauces, the eggs, feeding the chickens, cleaning the whole house. My granddad stayed out there all, all day long. And I said, you're not even in the country. She, had, she didn't even have running water in the house. She had to heat up her own water and everything. And I said, I, I got running water in here. What's your problem, Cindy? Get it together. Well, but then when night came, And the sun went down. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And it was time for my due benevolence. Don't touch me. (laughs) You got problems now. And you better fix it. And you got to fix it. And you have to work on these things. Amen. Amen. And she needs affection. She needs financial security. You know. You need financial security. She needs to know the bills are going to be paid. She needs to know those things are going to be taking place. Amen. 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 Because sometimes some women just get real nervous. They feel like things are not going to be taken care of. Very nervous. It can really affect the marriage drastically. Money problems can be a big problem for a home. That's why God wants to bless your house. That's why he wants increase in your house. That's why he wants you to honor him financially so that he can bless your house. The blessing can come on your house strong enough. The blessing can come on your house strong enough. Your wife doesn't have to work unless you want to. Unless she's a virtuous woman that buys and sells and works with her hand, you know. And so um, help around the house and then help with the children. Help with the children with correction. Husband shouldn't be a bystander when it comes to help with the children. Discipline the children. He shouldn't be a bystander. He should help. Even if he works outside the home, he still needs to be able to help with those children and help around the house. Those are basically the four needs of a woman. And if you meet all of those things, and you have to, that's why it takes time to have a home and to have intimacy. And if you don't minister those due benevolence, then you will end up opening doors where the enemy can come into your marriage and the other person does not feel uh, appreciated. And it can open doors for the enemy to attack your home. Amen? Amen. Turn over here to Song of Solomon. Let's take a look at this. And um, what time is it? It's 12 o'clock. And I just may look at the first chapter, and since it's 12 o'clock, and um, Song of Solomon, the first chapter is probably what I want to look at, and maybe one other one. Yeah, song of Solomon the first chapter and it says here um, let me get there and I just I just could start you off in this first chapter. you can go ahead and read this it gives us it gives us guidelines in the Song of Solomon About this intimate relationship between a husband and a wife and um, you know some some of the commentaries I looked at they said they were married but I believe they are because God's not gonna have you kissing somebody you ain't married to amen Amen. so it's really dealing with a a husband and wife relationship and and it deals with a a, with Jesus Christ in the church and it says here the Song of Solomon which which is Solomon's. He says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. And <clears throat> couples, if they are practicing due benevolence and ministering to one another, amen, amen. that they should, have <clears throat> they should have times of affection that they show to one another. And I just told you the husband, one of the, one of the affections that he should show to his wife is kindness. It could be in terms of gifts, but it also could be in terms of what he's saying here, that, that a person needs to be honored. Amen. Let him kiss me. Amen. Let, it says, uh, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And then it goes on down here to say here, because, the, uh, because of the Savior of thy good ointment, thy name is as an ointment poured forth, and therefore do the virgins love thee. That there should be times of affection shown, but that due benevolence has to be there first, because a person is going to know that if you don't not minister to my, if you're not my love language, then that level of that level of affection, kissing, is may not be really heartfelt. It may not be really heartfelt. And um, another thing it puts in here, it says, "For your per," I'm reading out the easy translation. Your perfume smells wonderful. You know, what it says right here, that you shouldn't just have the scent of the cult of the wild on you, that you need to put something on you. Amen, you need to put something on you that that draws that person. Amen, praise God. Amen, praise God that you're just, you know, just just your smell from the mechanics lab. This is not really promoting what we need right now. Amen. Hallelujah. And um, you know, you know, when it comes to that, because how you smell is very important, or it wouldn't be in the Bible. That's right. Can you say amen today? Amen. Praise God. I know Wallace is at church because I because I can smell his cologne. I think Wallace likes that verse right there. <laughs> I can tell when he's at church, he's always have cologne on. But you know, um, that may be not something you're accustomed to. And I didn't really care so much about it, but, but Pastor Cynthia likes it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so one time she bought me some cologne. And she bought me some cologne. But she, she bought it from a guy that had sexual orientation problems. <laughs> he was your salesperson. Well, I didn't get it. I thought he was wearing it. I said, I'm not wearing this now. I said, I'm not wearing it now, I said, that's it. Oh, he had it on, he had it on. I said, oh, no, I'm not gonna be spraying that. I said, I'm not gonna spray that on me, okay? You just Okay, I got some stuff here. And um, <laughs> my, my pastor likes, but I was, you know. And so, I, so I, 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 and I, I wasn't gonna wear it, I was determined not to wear it. <laughs> It was expensive, but, but when she if she hadn't explained the story behind it, then I probably would have probably put it on. So I left it in the house, and Caleb sprayed it. He liked it. <laughs> he said, what you trying to say? <laughs> he said what, he t- said, what you trying to say? No, no, I made sure you were straight. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, no, I told him. I already talked to him. I told him. I said, I don't want you to touching Agnes. I told him I don't want you touching Agnes until you married. I told him I don't want you watching pornography. I don't want you doing things to yourself until you married. I owed him that conversation. As his father, I owe him that conversation. And some guys, some people don't care what their, their sons do, but they're really protective of their daughters. No. Both of them can get hurt in yeah. that realm. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. And so they knew that coming up and all of them. I talked to all my children like that. You owe them that conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. 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 Now, I didn't get it growing up, mm-hmm. but I had, I, I, when we said and I first got married, I got this great pastor mm-hmm. that opened the book and taught me these scriptures and, and taught us about marriage, love and marriage. And that's why the church really, God is the builder of a home, and you got to take his word. You have to have somebody give it to you. You owe those conversations to your children before they go off to school and go off places like this. Don't let them go and function without knowledge because going down the wrong path with, with sexual immorality is going to hurt them some kind of way, and they're going to need deliverance. They're gonna need people to lay hands on them get them delivered so they can begin to function normally. I think Dr. Jacobs gave a testimony about a young lady that was touched, I don't think I think it was about her, her father. And um, she said, I, I, was, I never felt clean. And because he touched her, she got involved in bars and dancing and all kinds of stuff like that, in clubs and things like that. Because it leads down a wrong path, it's gonna take them a wrong path. Because the way a person's touched the first time they want to continue to be touched that way, or they're in bondage to be touched that way. And it led her into all kinds of nightclubs and things like that and dancing. And then she finally got married. She finally got married, and she had children. She was going through the, the natural uh, responses to her husband, but in her soul was a past that was keeping her in bondage. And... Um, And Dr. Jacobs called for a deliverance line and laid hands on her. And he went back and told her, he said, she said, said, this is the first time I ever feel normal in the relationship. There have been people that have been in ministry. They've been in ministry, and I've had him come talk to me about people been in ministry. They are preaching to everybody else because something happened to them in a relationship. before They married now, ministering, but something happened to them in a relationship. Now they need deliverance, and nobody knows it but them. I'm still having these mental images coming back to me. Well, the enemy's trying to draw you into something that you're not supposed to be in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Candace did a teaching on sexual purity to the youth of last year. And if you go on the website at Church on the Rock, my home church, Church on the Rock, New Albany, and go to those past messages, that, that message on sexual purity in there. Sexual purity means your mind is pure, too. That's
1: right. <laughs>
0: I'm not with somebody else, but my mind don't need to be with somebody else. And hands need to be laid on people because the enemy's trying to bring things back to you. He's trying to, because with a thought, you can deceive a person. With a thought, you can deceive a person. And, you, and, and God didn't want you to have that experience in the first place. And see, if you, if, you, if you practice sexual purity now, you know, you don't need to use your faith on it later on. But sometimes if you make some, you know, some, some things are not people's fault. It's just they didn't have nobody to protect them. And so now they need deliverance. You know, for a father to be that way to a daughter, there's something wrong with that. You know, in a lot of churches, that goes on in a lot of churches. A lot of the men and things like that, with the, in the pastors, with people in the church. And God says to do this for a pastor and in, it for, in a man. When you're in a church, he says, look at the young women as your daughters. That's
1: right.
0: That's your daughter. The women your age are your sisters and the elder woman older than you, are, consider them your mother. That's the mindset you should have in the body of Christ. It's the mindset a pastor should have. And if they don't have that mindset and not practicing it, and if they're not practicing sexual period, that's how a lot of them get in trouble. And it ruins whole ministries. Because, baby, when the, when the Holy Ghost lifts off your ministry, well, you can preach man. all you want to, yeah. you, are yeah. you are done. You are when, when done. When you, when you grieve the Spirit of God, because and it is one thing that a grieving, sexual immorality will grieve the Spirit of God, and when He lifts off your you can sing and shout and jump all you want to, but when the Holy Ghost is gone, ain't nobody getting healed, ain't nobody getting delivered. Yeah. The prosperity of God's not going to work in that church. You have to keep a church sexually pure if you really want to see the blessing really work yeah. in it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's why I thank God for my pastor. I'm never alone with the opposite sex by myself in this church. Yeah, right. And sometimes people come to me and want to talk to me. And if you see me in here you're an usher, somebody like that, you're a man. You don't walk out of here when I'm trying to help them and talk me, to them. Yeah. You stand and you wait. Yeah. Not is something wrong with me or them, but that's the way we do things. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So back to this smell good. <laughs> I had to realize God came to me, he said that means something to her. Mm-hmm. That's a love language to her. Mm-hmm. And whether you want it or not, she likes it.
1: Yeah.
0: And it didn't matter who had it on, she likes it. Mm-hmm. But I'd already given it to Caleb. <laughs> so. So I wrote him back. I said, Caleb, uh, take a picture of that bottle and send it back to me. And he sent it back. And I went out and bought it myself because I had to realize that's what she wanted. Amen. Amen. And sometimes, man, we have to understand, the lumberjack smell may be all right to us. (laughs) We don't have a problem with it. Amen. But you ain't got to smell it. But right here, it says right here, she's talking to him, the young woman is talking. It's not him talking. She's the one that's asking for the affection. Yeah. Kiss me with the kisses of your lips. Your love is better than wine. And the smell, and, and, and your perfume smells wonderful is what the easy transfer. That's what she wanted. That's what she's acknowledging about him. And men have to understand that these are these also can go into a person's love language. This is what this person requires. Amen. Amen. And then it goes on to say down here. It goes on down here to say, um, draw me. Draw me. Look at verse four. It says, draw me and we will run after you. And so. A man can carry himself in a way with the affection that he's offering and with the we can say the the, the, uh, the ointment that, or the cologne rather is what you would say for men that's causing her to come after you. And he says right here the king had brought me into his chamber we'll be glad and rejoice in thee we will remember uh, thy love more than 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 wine and, and uh, the upright love thee. When Due benevolence is taken care of, that's when the chamber or the place of intimacy is best experienced. When, a, when people have been properly ministered to with due benevolence, that's when physical intimacy is at its best, is at the best environment when both people have been taken care of. Nobody is bitter. Nobody is bitter in the chamber. Nobody is resentful in the chamber. The chamber is not a place of resentment. The chamber is a place where both people have been ministered to properly. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. And the chamber is for married people. Can I say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go down here. And uh, she says right here in, in verse 5, I, I am dark but lovely too. Um, young women of Jerusalem, I am dark like the tents of Kedar, but I am, I am beautiful as Solomon's curtains. And do not stare at me because I am dark." I'm reading out the New English translation. Uh, the, the sun has, the sunshine has made me dark. My brothers were angry with me. They made me look after the vineyard. And so my own vine, so I could not look, look after my own vineyard. And what she's saying, you know, a person can see faults in themselves. A person can see faults in themselves and a lot of time we do and it's up to the it's up to the mate to encourage them because look what he does as a result of that that's what she says and she says because you know the the worst job to get was a job in the family was watching the sheep and it put her out in the sunshine, and because of it, her it, in her eyes, it affected the way she looked and the way she wanted to present herself. And um, but he responds to that in verse eight. He responds to that. He says, "You are, you are, you are such a beautiful woman, and perhaps do not know, and, and perhaps you do not know where to go. Father tracks of the sheep. Let the young goats eat by the." Uh, by the shepherd's tent. Let me describe you, my dear. You are uh, the mayor of Pharaoh's chairs. He's beginning to honor her because anything in Pharaoh's chair had to be something of beauty and honor and strength. Your hair is beautiful upon your cheeks. So is your neck as, as precious stones. So what does he do? He goes to encourage her. I will not let you live around me with inferiority. He didn't make it up. He was encouraging who she was and and the value and esteem in her, amen, for who she was in a person. Our words are so important. If the chamber is going to work for us, our words are so important. You cannot be critical to a person. You cannot be critical to a person, man or female, put them down and then expect to have great intimacy with that person. Amen. Amen. You don't, you never put a person down. You never, you, you always bring out their strengths. You always bring out their greater qualities. If you really want to have intimacy with a person at the highest level, then they need to know that you have an esteem for them and your words should esteem them and strengthen them. You see that in the word right there? Amen. Now let's go down here and let's see if anything else I want to touch on. Um, Look over here, and I I brought this one out, then I'm going to stop, because you're going to have to go read this yourself. And um, I may go back through this and outline it a little bit better and bring more of it to you. Look over here in in Solomon 2.15, because if you don't do these things, this is the verse I I quoted to you. It says here, of the foxes, uh, um, it says here, uh, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. It'll be little things that the enemy will try to bring in your relationship, to bring separation and division, and you're gonna to have to protect your relationship with words of affirmation, words that build. And the little foxes can be wrong words, or a person not ministering to a person's due benevolence that causes the problems, amen? Now, this in this relationship here, this will be my last scripture. Um, turn over here to chapter 5. And this is Solomon talking. And he says, Here, I've come into my garden, my sister, my spouse. And in a place in here, he called her his best friend. He called her his best friend. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason why you don't put sexual intimacy up front in a relationship. I wanna know I can be the person's friend. I wanna know if I can be that person's best friend. You should not have best friends of the opposite sex and you married. Mm -hmm. Going back and forth with Facebook posts and conversation in Texas. That's inappropriate in a marriage relationship. That person should be your best friend. That's where, if I'm gonna spend time with somebody, if I'm gonna text somebody, amen, if I'm gonna text somebody, and a lot in the Song of Solomon, you see them communing throughout the day. They're talking to one another throughout the day. They're talking to one another throughout the day. Mm -hmm. To have great intimacy with a person, you you don't need to let the whole day go by and never text, never call, person don't know where you are. You just kind of phantom throughout the day that shows up when you want something. Yeah. No, it should be communication going on throughout the day. Right. Taking time at lunch break and things like that. And sometimes I would take time, I would, I, would, I, would always call, I always call home. I would always call home and some days, you know, I just take the half the day off and we just go out somewhere or yeah. things like that. Because, you know, that's one of my love languages, but we, you need to spend time together with one another. And, when, and, and in chapter 5, it talks about them not being able to come together when he wanted to, and it created a problem mm-hmm. in chapter 5. In chapter 6 and 7, they restored that through the words. Mm-hmm. But things can happen in your life. As you get children, you know, as you get children when you're growing up in marriage, as you get children, your life changes. This Solomon's, uh, Song of Solomon, chapters 1 through 8, it's talking about people. It's just the two of them. Right. It's just the two of them. Mm-hmm. And the things and challenges that you have to overcome, that's the two of you, amen, is learning. You need to learn how to do it when there's the two of you. Yeah. When, when jobs and, and careers and when children and all those things begin to kick in, in church activity, it adds more challenge to it. Yeah. It adds more challenges to it. And I remember when we were, with Cynthia and I were coming up, and we had children as soon as we got married. So that was, for the first, you know, my God, for the first 12 years of our life, 13 years of our life, we, we almost had little time together of going out, because everybody was so small, and the children just kept coming. And you, and you can't, you gotta, and you gotta figure out how that's happening, too. And, um, and then, you know, we had to work through those years of dealing with all the stuff we had to work with the house and everything and all those things you have to work with and then find time with one another yeah. and so we had to find we had to we you know we had to find babysitters we could trust at church and that's where we got them from and then th- plug in date times where we just had to spend time we, we were able to spend time together and 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 you have to do that so that the course of life you don't lose one another right, right. in the course of life you may have to have to schedule times that you have dates together. You have, may have to schedule times where you have time alone together and understand that because life begins to add up. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. But look what it says right here. Um, in, verse, in chapter five, I, I am coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse, this is what he said about her. I have gathered my mirth, my spices, He's done what he needs to do in terms of how he smells his heart coming into her. I have eaten my honey, honeycomb with my honey. I have drunken my wine with my milk, Uh, eat, O friend, drink, yes, drink abundantly, O beloved. I sleep, but my heart waketh, it is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me. So he's coming to her. He says, open to me is what he says, my sister, my beloved, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew. He's outside. My locks, my locks with the drops of the night. I have put up, and this is her response. I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? Which means getting out of bed. He was asking her to do something that was not convenient and, and for her. But for him, it was. And a lot of times that happens in our relationships where I may feel what my mate is asking me to do is an inconvenient right now. But he's ready. He's all fired up. Got his cologne on and everything. <laughs> but she doesn't want to move. My beloved, he put his hands by the hole of the door and he's reached in to unlock the door and, and, and my bowels were moved for him. Now, she still has a desire for him, but there is... An inconvenience there amen and I rose and she says I rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh and, and my fingers with sweet smell of mirth upon the handle of the locks I open to my beloved but my love have withdrawn himself and that happens when a person is putting forth and they become disappointed Because the person is not responding to them for some inconvenience that they may have. And then he withdrew. And then after he withdrew, she went out to pursue him because that was really not her heart. And a lot of times that happens in relationships. But what they did, and and it's a misunderstanding there. But he withdrew. He, because of being rejected, he pulled back. And then when he pulled back, she began to pursue him. And when you have to understand what to do in a situation like that, and she went after him and explained to him that was not her heart. And it with words of affirmation and encouragement, they were able to come back together again. And you have to understand there's going to be challenges like it where you may feel like, I, I feel like I've not been received properly. Those times need to be fixed. You don't need to keep letting them add up. Amen. And because she withdrew, she didn't feel like it was a slap on, on pride to go back after him. Yeah. She got up and went after him because that was not her heart. It was not a pride thing that I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to address this right now. Just let him go on. He'll figure it out. No. Uh, you have to take time out with words yeah. to not let gaps exist in your relationship. Yeah. Amen. So go home and read through that book. We'll probably do it later on in depth, go through the whole thing, but I wanted to talk to you about those things. I want to talk to you about I wanted to talk to the singles to make sure you understand that God has a plan for your life right now. And I wanted the married people to see practicing due benevolence and practicing the love language in your home is how you have true intimacy with the person. Anybody can jump in bed, but everybody can build a long-lasting relationship. Amen. You get some help from that word today.